Welcome to The Movement with your host, Shannon D. Hughes. In your life, do you celebrate the downfalls along with the peaks? You should. These define you as the person you are and help you learn your way to personal success. Now, here is the host of The Movement, Shannon D. Hughes. Good afternoon, Wednesday, March 6, 2019. There are exactly 300 days until the end of this calendar year. If you have not moved yet, you will move today. My name is Shannon D. Hughes, and I again welcome you back into the movement where we share ups and downs, pitfalls, victories, and what is to come. This show connects the human spirit. That's all we need to do, and that's what we're going to do today, especially with my wonderful guest, which will I will introduce in just a minute. We have a toll-free number if you want to join into the show, 866-472-5795. That is 866-472-5795 is the toll-free number. International, 001-480-398-1405. That's 001-480-398-1405. If you want me to do the talking for you, you can email the show, Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. That's Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. We are heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific here at Voice America on the Influencers Channel. We can also, you can also hear past episodes, and once this one is finished, you can hear this past great episode to come on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and On Demand as well. My next guest, I, I fell in love with this woman the minute we contacted each other on social media. Uh, singing and dancing when she was a youngster, which took her to Broadway, working with a lot of uh, award-winning directors, and now has her own show called E360s. It's called Cindy Uncorked. She's a singer. She's a dancer, but she's also going to talk about her story about dealing with a disability and overcoming the obstacles and becoming recognized by former United States President Barack Obama, Queen Elizabeth, for her tireless volunteerism. And she has multiple media outlets, which she's dominating and has won countless awards. I'm almost tired reading her introduction, and I'm going to let her just take it from here. Cindy Ashton, welcome to the movement. How are you? Hey, hey, Shannon. I am doing amazing. And I just, like you, it's like the minute I met you, I'm like, bam, there's a spark. I love this guy. So I'm very honored to be on your show. And hello to everybody listening. Oh, God, yes. And and you know what? I, I, I will say, so let me tell everybody really, really quick before I let you go on this. Um, you had came to Chicago and you had a speaking event, which I got to attend, which was fantastic, by the way, and got to speak a Thank little bit you. out there. And I did not hold it against Cindy because the day of her event was the first day of the NFL season. So I did not take it personally because it was the first day of the NFL season. But I, <laughs> but I fell in love with this woman over the social media. I said, you know what? I'm just going to get updates on my phone and go to her event and do my thing. It was the best thing I could have done. I learned so much from her. got to speak a little bit. It was so much fun. So thank you for inviting me to that event. And it was, it was so <laughs> great to meet you. So I, 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 had, I had a ball at that event. Oh, thanks. You are amazing. You did such a great job. And um, so didn't realize it was the first day of the season. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a Canadian in the house, right? We're like hockey fans. We're not really, you know, football fans. <laughs> like I said, with that magnetic personality, I did not take it personal. I went. I enjoyed myself. I would not do it any Good. different. But that was a great time. So thanks again for the invite. So, Miss Well, thank Ashton. you for coming. Oh, Absolutely. 
So, Miss Aston, so what I like to do here on the movement, because we talk about movements in people's lives, I always like to start at the beginning. So I would like to know about little Cindy. I want to know about little Cindy, where she grew up and what her childhood was like, and just bring it forward to us, please. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Burlington, Ontario, Canada, which is about, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes outside of Toronto. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was always this person who was a monkey. I was always a performer. I was always active. I was always a person that knew she was going to be a big star when she grew up, at least wanted to be, um, you know. And I truly believe that we, you know, our natural gifts come out when we were, when we were kids. We know what our gifts right. are because we're not resisting them as right. we do as adults. <laughs> <laughs> By the time we're adults, we're stuck in our limited thinking, and, and we sometimes resist our gifts. But I've always known my passion, my purpose, my gift. And for me, though, the big challenge was that my soul knew what it wanted to do, but my body had other plans for me. So, Shannon, okay. do you want me to kind of share a little bit about this crazy, you know, journey I've had around my health? Absolutely. Go right ahead. This is your story. I'm, I'm dying to hear it. Go right ahead. Okay, yeah, I don't know if you've heard the whole thing. So when I was born, I was born with a 20% chance of living. I was born with heart failure. I was born with the whole left side of my body structurally damaged. So what that meant is that I had my very first heart surgery at age 11 days old, and they saved my life, and they said, well, enjoy your kid because she's going to need more surgeries, and she might not live past her teens. Um, I'm like 40s now, so clearly I'm outliving (laughs) my expiry date. It's fantastic. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly right. I'm like, well, what expiry date? I'm going to grow older than Betty White. Um, and be sexier and even sassier, if you can be. <laughs> That's right. Put it out there. I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it was interesting because when, you know, I was, because I was structurally damaged as well, it wasn't just the heart stuff, I ended up having to wear casts on my legs for my legs to be able to grow out normally in the hopes that I would be able to walk normally, let alone go on to be a performer and dancing and and act on stage and all these crazy things that I do. And I had to learn and I had to have speech therapy in order to be able to speak effectively. And now I'm like one of the top speaking coaches in the world and just happened to, you know, have performed and sang with opera companies or with a symphony, sorry. So it's been quite the journey, but the biggest journey of this all is not just overcoming the obstacles, but it's been, it's really been living with illness my whole life. It's been about how do I manage the disability and the pain that I'm in? Because one of the things that, you know, way back in the mid seventies that nobody was talking about and nobody realized is that the minute you have some kind of a trauma on your body, and often we think of trauma as somebody being abused in some way. Um, or a car accident, but if you are being cut in a surgery, that causes trauma in your body. And because of all the pain, um, all the cutting of the nerves and tissues and bones and muscles, all that stuff, and because of all the scar tissue that built up, I have literally lived in chronic pain my whole life. And my entire life is about waking up every day and assessing my body and seeing where I'm at and, you know, what kind of a pain day it's going to be and what I'll be able to do and what I can't do. And I control my sleep. I control my food. I control every aspect of my life. But it's been a lifelong journey of how do I live with this and how do I get to the point where... You know, I couldn't even sleep through the night till I was 29 years old because I was in so much pain. 
you know, my pain was between 50 to 80% a day, and now my pain levels are down to 5 to 10%. So it's been truly a really remarkable and difficult and, and miraculous right. life of really having such a long journey of trying to navigate something that nobody was talking about back in that day. And even now, we're only starting to talk about invisible disability and illness. Absolutely. Let me ask this, though. Um, So let's go back to um, when you were a child. Did you, um, like with your parents, when you were dealing with these issues, did you, how, how, I'm I'm sure they were supportive of you, but how did they, I guess, what was it like dealing with that day-to-day within the family? How did mom and dad, how did they deal with you? Were there uh, I'm sure there were days of frustration and, and mom and dad had to come and call you down. Talk about that a little bit, especially as a, as, a, as, a, as a youth dealing with that. That has to be a very difficult thing to deal with at such a young age. And obviously you're saying now into your 40s you're dealing with it, but it's not as bad as it was. What was it like in the early stages uh, for you as a kid yeah, dealing so with that? Yeah, so that's really fascinating. The first thing I'm going to tell you is that what I love about my parents is that they, they treated me like I was a normal kid. They got mm-hmm. me monkey bars, and they were going to, they're like, go run and play. Go jump on the monkey bars. They treated me like I was a normal kid. Right. And I'm glad that they did that because I sometimes think that kids today are too pampered, and they're not just let out. You know, they're too, And I feel like that was really good for me because I didn't know that I was different from other children. I mean, I knew I was different in the sense that I got bullied a lot because I had these big, ugly, well, they're beautiful to me now, but at the time, these big, ugly red scars and all that kind of thing. But I was, you know, at the time, schools weren't looking at people's disabilities and they weren't segregating people based on that or trying to do inclusion programs like they are now. Okay. So, and nobody really talked about, we're even aware of disability and, and illness that's invisible. So for me, I went to school like a normal person. The challenges, though, that I look back at, which I was unaware of, because what you don't know, you don't know. I was born right. with this. I was born to have to fight for my life. I was born living with pain. So to me, that was normal. It's not like I had suddenly had a car accident when I was 16, and then I was acutely aware of, of how different I was from other children. So when I look back at my childhood, what I remember is that there were things like sitting for assembly cross-legged and all the other kids were fine and I was like really in pain and I didn't know why and the Uh teachers would say, well, you're just, you know, you're overly fidgety. Why are you making such a fuss? And I thought it was my fault. Uh I just didn't understand the level of pain I was in because that was my normal. I had never known anything else. And when I became really aware of, truly how different I was in terms of pain levels is when I was in acting school and we had to do an Uta Hagen exercise. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I know who Uta Hagen is. Go right ahead. All right, there you go. One of the top acting minds of all time. And I was doing one of her exercises where I had to choose a part, a routine in my day. And I chose waking up and I acted out waking up and the whole class was like looking at each other strange. And they're like, um, that's not how a person wakes up. I'm like, it's not. They're like, you look like you're in excruciating pain. I'm like, people don't wake up like that. And then I looked at some of my classmates when they did their reenactments. I was like, mm-hmm. normal people wake up like that? Boy, that's a lot easier. Right. <laughs> and I just didn't, so I didn't know. So when you talk about my, my childhood, what was difficult about my childhood was not the restrictions because my parents told me to do whatever I want. But it was more about having challenges that I didn't understand were related to the illness. 
Um, there were certain things that I was aware of, like winters in Canada are brutal, and I really suffered for, through winters. That, for sure, I knew in terms of the heart problems and, and turning blue. That was so not fun. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, and, and the challenges I had as a child was being so different with this funny-looking eye and this funny-looking, you know, leg and a weird speech impediment and, you know, and these big, ugly scars, which are, I now I think are beautiful, and I just modeled almost nude recently for a book coming out on scars. So, you know, to me, that's really where the challenges were because I just didn't know what I didn't know. Right. Eight six six four seven two five seven nine five is the toll free number with my guest Cindy Ashton. Now, Cindy, did you have any brothers or sisters? I have two older sisters. Okay. Do you? What was it? Do you happen to know, or do you believe to know what it was like for them dealing, living with you with this? I mean, I'm, I'm sure they had to be times where they had to kind of assist when mom or dad was not there, or I don't know that for certain. Do you know what it was like for them or what their perception was <clears throat> living with you, uh, dealing with these type of issues? You know, I we've never really talked about it, but what I've sensed is that is that it was hard because I was getting more of the attention because I had to right. get more of the attention. So it mm-hmm. did cause those kinds of problems, but we've never really talked about it. Okay. So I, so I, I can't really answer that question, but for sure okay. I do know that it was, it's difficult to watch somebody get all the attention without right. fully understanding that it wasn't personal. It was just because I was the sick one. Gotcha. Understood. Uh, we have a few minutes before the break, Cindy. So let me ask you, so that was talking about as a youth. So in high school, was it more of the same? Did it get a little better? What were there? It what, got what, worse. It got worse. Okay. Also. Yeah. So I had my last heart surgery when I was 14 and I was left with such excruciating pain that I remember, I remember there would be times where I would fall to the floor and be screaming and crying in pain and no one is near me and no one's helping me. And I remember going into the counselor's office several times a week and just saying I couldn't live anymore, I couldn't cope anymore, I couldn't deal with living with all this pain and I used to self-mutilate and I used to cut myself because I just wanted to die. And I remember when I was 13, which was before the last surgery, I remember just being so broken down by that point, by all the bullying and feeling like I was unworthy and feeling like I must have been a really horrible person for God to have punished me this way. You know, I was carrying all that, that I remember going to the bathroom and taking a bottle of baby Tylenol and thinking it would just kill me and it would be over. And FYI, don't get help if you want to commit suicide and two, baby Tylenol doesn't work. Right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> probably shouldn't laugh about it now, but for me, my teenage years were excruciating. When people say, oh my God, I miss my high school years, I'm like, oh my God, I love aging. I get, I get more self-confident and I get healthier and I'm like, just no. But no, my teenage years were horrible. I mean, I was still hated. No boys liked me. I was still funny looking. I was still bullied. And on top of that, because I had that, that last surgery, now I had another whole other level of pain that was just plaguing my body. Ooh, wow. So it got worse when high school. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I got you. 866-472-5795 is the toll-free number. We're a minute against the break. Let me ask you a really quick question. We got a minute until the break, Cindy. Uh, you uh-huh. talked about the surgeries. What, what was the longest period of time that you 
I'm sure you missed school because of the surgery. What was the longest time that you were out? I would say in general, um, you know, in general, I would say not because of the surgeries, but because I was so sick all the time, I would miss one fourth to one third of my education every single year. Oh, I would miss goodness. that much school. Okay, so it all wasn't all in one set. So it'd be maybe a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I okay. mean, my heart surgeries were eleven days, five years old, and fourteen. So, but I was getting constantly sick in between because my body was compromised. So that's why I was okay. missing a lot of school. Okay, and what was it? And I'm sure this was difficult. I probably know the answer. Coming back to school, I mean, that had to be a little bit of an adjustment. You've been out for a little bit. Now you have to play catch up. How how difficult was it that well, to try it to didn't play catch up? Really, because, um, yeah, I mean, I I think it was more that again, it was just my normal of missing a lot of school, and nobody really did anything to help me at that time. And I don't know if it was just ignorance or they just figured I was going to be dead anyways. I have no idea. Um, right. But it was just normal for me to be missing a lot of school. I mean, that was, it, to me, it was normal. So I don't know. Got, That's a good question. I, I got you. I but got I certainly you. didn't get the help I should have gotten, for sure. Uh, had, had, had my parents known that I needed help, I know they would have given it to me. It, I, I hear you. Uh, we are up against the break, Cindy. 866-472-5795. You are listening to The Movement. I'm your host, Shannon D. Hughes, li- live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, here on Voice America at the Influencers Channel. Again, this episode and past episodes can be heard on demand, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher as well. You can email the show, Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes movement.com. That's Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes movement.com. When we return from the break, we're going to talk to Cindy a little bit further about when she got a little older, so college and beyond. And when she, I mentioned earlier, she has some musical talents. We're going to explore that a little bit and how that turned into an award-winning show and program she's, she's done and become one of the most sought-after speaking coaches in the world, which I got to experience up close and personal in Chicago. So we will be back right here on The Movement with Cindy Ashton right after this. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com slash IL. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795 or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Be inspired. 
You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. That's Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. 866-472-5795 is the toll-free number. 001-480-398-1405 is the toll-free international number. Again, email the show, Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. That's Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. For my guest today, uh, E360 award-winning television host for Cindy Uncork. That is Cindy Ashton. And she, boy, she really just laid it out for us in the first segment. So, Cindy, so, Cindy, let's talk about uh, the older Cindy. Let's talk about post uh, high school. Talk about college. And and I I mentioned in the opening that you're a singer and you had some talent there as well. So talk about that part. Yeah. So after my last heart surgery, when I was 14, the doctor said I would be on medication for life. They said that I should never do any activity beyond walking. It would be too strenuous for my heart. So I was basically given what I think is like a death sentence for a 14 years old. You know, I have the rest of my life to live and I'm being told to take general courses and have an easy lifestyle. Um, And so thankfully I was 14 and at 14, as you may remember, Shannon, we're very defiant. We have this kind of attitude, right? I still do a little bit in my 40s. um, (laughs) I still have this. Yeah, you're telling me not to do this. F you, I'm doing it. So um, I literally... Um, started taking dance class when I was 15, a year later. And it was the best thing I ever did because I had lost a lot of mobility because of all the cutting of the bones and the tissues and the muscles on that last heart surgery. And I had, and taking ballet and dance and, you know, jazz and all that stuff actually forced my body to move. And I was already struggling with depression quite severely. So when I would go to my dance class, even though I was in pain, the movement actually first of all, built up my heart. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, I built my heart strength. Even until now, even though I'm not dancing, singing, and acting, you know, in a, in a show currently, mm-hmm. I still have the heart rate of an athlete. Like, it's really helped me heal, and it has prevented me from having to have a fourth heart surgery. But beyond that, because I had had all that scar tissue, dancing, it just released and helped me gain my mobility back. But the biggest thing is, is that dancing every single day of my life and singing helped me to release all the anger in my body. It helped me to stay alive. I think I probably would have seriously committed suicide if I didn't have an outlet that was creative that I could sing, dance, and let my spirit be free. It allowed me to leave my body and go to another world. So... That was just a really, that was really important. But even when I was a kid, I knew I was going to be a performer. I mean, my two goals as a child was to be a TV host and to be on Broadway. I mean, those were my two big, those were my two big goals. And my earliest memory is me wearing sequins and dimming the lights and putting the record player on and singing. So that's really where I started is that I started from childhood, always knowing this is what I was wanting to do and the singing and and the dancing were the things that helped me transcend the pain psychologically mm-hmm. and physically and in every way possible to get me to that other side. It just seems like that from, and I think I'm hearing you correctly, that music 
was very therapeutic and and like you said probably saved your life it it, it kind of mm-hmm. distracted you and allowed you to enjoy and, and embellish it and your I will say disability just kind of became just part of your strength it's just you know what I'm just going to do what oh, I yeah. do be, defi- be defiant and I'm just going to be Cindy <laughs> I'm still defiant um, <laughs> and you know as well it's, it's because I was singing in choirs in school and all that I had even though I was hated by most people at least mm-hmm. I was in the outcast group at least I you know because all of us music kids were the geeky weird music kids and it was right. great because now at least I had a few friends that I can count on because we were all outcasts because we were the weird kids. Right. Right. Yeah. So let me ask, uh, you, you, we talked about singing and dancing. Tell me, have a little fun a little bit. What were some of you, who were some of your musical influences? Madonna. <laughs> Are you surprised? <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I still remember when she had grabbed her crotch for the first time, and I think it was during the Blonde Ambition, which I went to see that yeah. um, tour when it came out. I was a like early teenager, like 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And... I still remember going, yeah, hell yeah, with Janet, you know, sorry, if, Je- if Michael Jackson and George Michael can grab their crutches, why can't a woman, you know, right. but even like when she came out, I was like seven years old with Borderline, right? I still remember them going how scandalous it was that her belly was showing and all this stuff. Yes. Boy, the stuff on TV is way worse now, but yes. <laughs> it was, you know, being the person that was always bullied and always different and always a fighter of the underdog. Madonna was my biggest influence, not in terms of singing, but as somebody who stood up for what she believed, somebody who was willing to, to question the status quo, and somebody who was truly a smart businesswoman who was in control of her destiny. So from that perspective, she was absolutely, has been my biggest, you know, my biggest person growing up in terms of my icon growing up who really helped shape me as a person. She was a bit of a rebel uh, for, for, for females. I mean, if you think about yeah. it, when she came out, she was, a, was, she like, was a... It's like, good, there's somebody else in the world that's a rebel like me. Yes. And that, and, you know, I was able to identify with being an outcast, you know, and being right. outspoken and wanting to fight for the underdog, which is what she does. And, you know, so she definitely was a person. But in terms of musical, like, influences, I mean, Liza Minnelli, uh, I got compared... When I sing my Broadway stuff, not opera, because I did my degree in opera, um, but my, my, my Broadway stuff, when I'm at it, people are like, holy shit, you sound like Liza Minnelli. I definitely have like that Liza. So she was my you know, vocal and performance hero. Right. Um, Judy Garland, all those types of people were really my, my influencers as a performer. And then I fell into training as an opera singer and fell in love with opera. I mean, my family hated opera growing up, so it's not, but I, you know, and I was singing for the Downsview Symphony once upon a time up in Toronto. So I ended up getting into opera as well at some point in my crazy journey. (laughs) That's awesome. And I think you said you you danced a little bit. Was there any dancing influences or was that just something you just did freely on your own? Oh, Kelly, please come back from the dead for a day so you can dance with me, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire and Martha Graham, yes. which are very yep. different people. So, you know, that whole Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire with the grace and the artistry. But Martha Graham, because she was really the founder of the movement of modern dance. And modern dance is really hard to do, holy cow, compared to other art forms in terms of dance. But, again, she was a strong woman leader who created something brand new at the time when ballet and very traditional 
you know, dance forms was what was prevalent, and she was willing to go outside the box and be a bit of a rebel. So those are really my dance influences. But let's be really clear, Shannon, I can bust a move and I can sell it, but I'm really not a dancer. I'm a strong mover, although I'm surprisingly excellent at African dance. I don't know why. I believe every word you're saying. Trust me on this. Because he met me in person and seen how crazy I am (laughs) in a good way. 866-472-5795 866-472-5795 is a toll-free number with my wonderful guest and host of Cindy Uncork, Cindy Ashton. So we kind of talked about it a little bit. I want to get a little more out of you before we go a little bit forward. So talk yeah. about your college years. Talk about um, kind of, I guess at that point, you're probably coming into your own or fill in the blank for me. You know, I've always been, I don't know that I started to come into my own until my late 20s. Okay. And, and yeah, so, I mean, I've always been the fighter of the underdog. I've always stood up for causes. When I was 11 or 12 years old, I gathered some friends, and we went and raised a bunch of money to buy rainforest. You know, like, I was a person who found, a, you know, an almost dead bird on the floor when I was, like, 10 years old and took it to the vet and said, I don't have any money, can, but can you please take care of this? You know, I've always right. been the person that's been the fighter and the rebel, um, and fighting really hard for everything I believed in. So, you know, I went to university and I did my degree in music, but my second major was kinesiology and health sciences because I really wanted to learn about my body because I was determined to be, you know, healthy for the rest of my life. And I, you know, so my university years were amazing because it was the first time I really felt like I was being seen because suddenly I'm doing things where I'm good at them and I'm meeting people and I'm finally getting more friends and I met my ex-husband at the time. But I don't know that I really came into my own at that time, but that was more about me finally feeling like I wasn't stupid. I mean, growing up, I missed a lot of school and nobody helped me. And so my grades were okay, but they weren't great. And I was sick. I mean, now that I look back at it, I'm like, how the hell did I even pass? I mean, I Mm -hmm. was so not functioning like a normal person. And what's interesting is that going to university, I didn't get in on the first try. I passed in terms of talent-wise when I auditioned, right. but I didn't pass in terms of grades. And I had written a letter about how I was, didn't call it invisibly disabled at the time, but talked about how much school I, I missed because I was sick because of heart stuff. And they basically said, well, that's not a disability. And they didn't let me in, even though I was only 2% off. And so that was just another thing I was really upset about because somebody in a wheelchair who went to school nonstop would have been able to be accepted if their grades were lower than I wasn't. But I really was given the message directly by teachers as well as indirectly by a lot of these things that I was stupid and unworthy and not smart enough. But suddenly, you know, when I'm singing, dancing, acting, so I went to do a diploma program in between since I had time and singing, dancing, acting, suddenly I'm getting an A in ballet class and an A in singing class and, you know, all of a sudden I'm getting good grades and it really started to think that maybe I'm not that stupid. So in my when I went to university, I didn't get a grade lower than a B. And in my third year, I got the highest average in both my kinesiology side and my music side of the entire department. So I got like a 92% average or something crazy and got a full wow. scholarship for my fourth year. And it was, for me, that was the, those were the years that I started to come into my own in terms of realizing that I'm actually not stupid, that I actually might be smart. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. You are here with the movement. I'm your host, Shannon D. Hughes, every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And you are listening to the wonderful and talented and uncorked Cindy Ashton here on the movement. <laughs> totally uncorked, although it. I don't really drink. <laughs> 
That's half the joy of it. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. We got about four minutes before the break or so. Um, Let's talk talk about Cindy. You talked about in your 20s. So talk about Cindy in the 20s. What started to form for you? Tell me where where you were. What, what, What was going on with Cindy? Yeah, so my university years were amazing, and I met this guy, and he was the first guy that even really liked me and that I ever loved with, and, and you know, that ended in disaster because when you go into a relationship because you're desperately needing to be loved, you don't necessarily have the right partner, and he desperately needed to be loved. I'm sure if he listened to this, he'd be upset with me talking about it, but... <laughs> You know, in hindsight, you had two very broken, and I don't actually believe that any of us are broken, but people that felt like they were unlovable who met each other, and it just was a very, very codependent, disturbingly unhealthy relationship. And when, you know, we got married, and within six months, we were in marriage counseling, and I was back living with my mom. Mm. And for me, in terms of coming on my own, This was my big turning point because what I had essentially done, Shannon, is that I was trying to fix my pain by going into somebody else. And I know that everybody listening has probably done that. Mm -hmm. You know, we get addicted to other people, addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, addicted to reading. We all get addicted to other stuff when we are unable to look at ourselves and love ourselves. Wow. And when I was going through my divorce, I remember getting out of the shower and like standing in front of the mirror in tears going, wow, I must really hate myself that I allowed him and his family to treat me as badly as they treated me. Uh And that was my realization that I was no longer living in the illusion of, look at me, I'm finally worth something because I met somebody that loves me. And a lot of people do that. You know, and when I talk about that, people are like, no, I'm in a healthy marriage. I'm like, no, you're not. And, you know, and I just made, and I made a vow in that moment that I was going to really work on my self-esteem. And I vowed that I will not get married or be in a serious relationship until I could fully look at myself in the mirror and truly love myself. And I I think that took about 10 years. Okay. I mean, it really did. I mean, I was really highly depressed, highly, you know, hateful towards myself person. Mm -hmm. And I really, but I was really committed to not going into the relationship. So I dated here and there, but nothing serious. Right. And so when I talk about coming into my own, I don't necessarily know that I came into my own in my 20s, but that was the beginning of getting more truthful with myself and really looking Mm -hmm. at my demons and how much I hated myself and how much I couldn't stand my life. Right. When um, when you were dating the, the the man that was your ex, that became your ex husband, how was he very supportive of all the things you were doing? You know, up until the marriage and everything, was he very supportive of everything, or were you not aware that he was? Woman, was yeah, so mm-hmm. he was supportive of the woman that was his ideal woman. So okay. he was supportive of what he saw. He saw this woman in university who had also gotten to teacher's college who was going to be a teacher. And so he can settle down and have a nice, stable life in a big 3,000-square-foot home with a white picket fence and have lots of babies. Right. And so what he was not seeing is that I was going to work part-time as a teacher and actually go out and do my singing career. Even though I had told him multiple times, he was only seeing the person that he really wanted to see. And so as we graduated and got married and I, and I didn't become a full-time teacher 
and but you know taught singing and piano from home and doing some presenting skills and mm-hmm. you know whatever and was starting to go after my other career i mean i was still making a full time salary you know working from home you know so there was no reason why he should have been upset but you know it became artists are stupid right and it's right. like he just couldn't he was happy to support my singing when I was singing at funerals and weddings. But when mm. all of a sudden I wasn't going to be a full-time teacher with benefits and all that kind of thing, it became mm. a problem. He fell in love with an illusion of me, just like I fell in love with an illusion of him. Okay. Understood. We I do understood. that, though, right? We all fall in love with illusions yes, we until yep. we don't, until we are willing to be truthful. And, boy, that takes a level of courage and depth that's holy shit. <laughs> Right, and it's and it's, right? and it's hard. It's hard because you you have to have some self awareness to address it and either fix the problem or move on from it. So, I've been there. I've been there more than once. I'm I'm not ashamed to say it, but it is what it is. Sometimes we see what we want to see. We're trying to fit a square peg yep. in a round hole, Cindy, and it just doesn't work. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Yep. And I'm really clear that any man that I'm going to marry is going to love the artist in me and love every part of me. Period. Right. And if he doesn't, bye. Right. I I agree. I totally agree. 866-472-5795 is the toll-free number. 001-480-398-1405 International. Email Shannon at Shannon D. com is the email address for my talented friend, the rebel herself. <laughs> rubble, rubble herself, uh, Cindy Ashton. It's just, I'm just, I'm just enjoying the story. So we are up against the break, Cindy. When we come back for the final segment, I want to talk about your show and the awards that you've been recognized for, and your speaking and everything. Because you have really, you are one of the pioneers in this industry. You, like I said, you're the rebel oh, yourself in this industry, sweet. and I really, and I saw it up close and personal, so I can speak from experience. So, with that, we're going to go right into the break. We'll be right back with the final segment of the movement with my guest, Cindy Ashton, right here on the movement. We'll be right back right after this. <laughs> Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com il. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795 or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. That's Shannon at ShannonDHughes-TheMovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. Everyone in their life has experienced bumps in the road, but what happens when one of the bumps in the road is prison, and how do you rebound? On the next episode of The Movement, entrepreneur, renowned speaker, and an inspirational thought leader, Chris Wise, shares his story of despair to triumph and why he decided to help others through human psych measurement, or LQ, the love quotient. That's next week. My guest, Chris Wise, here on The Movement. Every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific here on Voice America's Influencers Channel. Again, iTunes, Spotify, and On Demand. You can listen to every past great episode just as the one you're witnessing right now. That's going to be a past episode right after these last 20 minutes. Cindy Ashton is my guest right now. And, oh, by the way, I have to do this for 10 seconds. Cindy will let me do this. I have a new book out. It is called it is called Movement Mastery. It is available right now on Amazon. It tells you how to create m- lasting momentum and how to sustain it. It is my third offering. I hope everybody gets to go and purchase that book today. I will put the link up on social media today. That is Shannon D. Hughes' new book, Movement Mastery, available on Amazon.com. Thank you, Cindy, for giving me that little time to do that. Are you and kidding now- Shannon? Congratulations. <laughs> what a star you are. That's amazing. I can't wait to dive into my copy. You know what's interesting? Movement that one's mastery. Bam. Mastery. Keep everything moving. You know, you talked about movement, movement on your story today, so it, it all kind of works together. So it's it this one. Yeah, this one's about me. I'm going to do a little dance me. for it and get my tap oh. shoes on. <laughs> the first two books were not about me. The third one is, and I can't wait for people to read it. So I would appreciate everybody would check out a book and take a look at it, if you will. So, Cindy, the final segment of the show. I yep. want to talk about this television host you've become. Talk about E360 and Cindy's Uncorked and the name and why you did it and how you launched it. And tell, tell, tell us the listeners about this. Yeah. So a few years ago, I think it was like 2011 or something like that, I was thinking to myself, how do I bridge me as the educator and me as the artist? Because truly, I've always been either an educator or an artist. I'm either on a stage or teaching people to be on a stage and vice versa, right? So I thought I should have my own TV show, and that was my dream as a child, is to have my own talk show. So I don't remember how I came up with this name, Cindy Uncorked, and it's funny because I rarely drink, so I don't know why I came up with that name. But it makes sense because I'm very uncorked. You, you, you ask me a question, and I just go, and I just say what's on my mind, and, you know, very direct. So... You know, so I came up with the concept back then. I wrote up the segments, and over the years, I just worked on the show Bible. And then um, somebody had approached me, and they said, you should have your own TV show. I said, oh, I already already wrote a whole show Bible. I already have the whole thing planned out. And they're like, you should do it now. And I'm like, oh, I don't have time, da-da-da. But I ended up raising some money, and I self-produced it first. And then I started to shop it around, and I met with a producer at NBC, and she said, love you as you as a personality but we can't talk about vaginas on NBC that bluntly and I'm like okay 
Um, I did an episode on how trauma sits in women's vaginas. I like to talk about things in real world terms, right. not sugarcoat like they do on normal television. Yes. So I was like, I really need to find a network that's not going to censor me that I could talk about real issues and go deeper than the way that we normally talk about stuff, right? So I ended up um, just a week after that at, at lunch with a girlfriend, Aggie, and she's telling me what she's doing. She's like, yeah, I, I have a TV network before now. And I said, what? And I knew that she had been a producer on a couple of Discovery channels or something like that. She'd been a producer on some other stuff. Okay. And I hadn't even made the connection. She says, yeah. She says, tell me about your show. And I start talking about the fact that I'm so tired of us talking about issues in very superficial ways that actually shame us and put us into more fear. And we have right. to talk about issues on a deeper, more profound level and really educate people. And I want to get uncorked. And she says, I love it. And so I started telling her about my topic. She says, wow, it's really edgy. And I said, well, tell me about your network. She says, well, it's a cannabis network. She says, do you smoke up? I said, nope, <laughs> I don't. And she goes, we well, don't need to, but she says it's alternative, it's all alternative lifestyle. I said, oh. So she's like, it's alternative lifestyle, which essentially means you can go on television and you can talk about whatever you want to because it's truly for people who live on the fringe of society, right? And it's not for the stoners. It's, it, it's a network that's more for people who are like us, like deep thinkers, a little bit on the edge, do things a little bit differently. We don't flow in the same stream as everybody else. We're more unconventional. So I was really grateful they picked me up, and now I'm on 190 million screens across the world, and I've been tackling all kinds of really crazy topics. And um, I still remember when the vagina episode came out. It was a month before President Trump had come out, and I got death threats and hate mail talking about such things. And I was really talking about why a lot of women have depression and health problems and vertigo. And it's all because if they've been traumatized in any way, even falling down the stairs, the way the brain works and and those nerves hook into the vagina, it actually causes painful sex, endometriosis, all these things that people don't know about. And, you know, a lot of people are not able to get pregnant because of trauma in the vagina. It was very progressive. But I can tell you because thankfully, or not thankfully, because Mm -hmm. Trump came in and the Me Too movement came in a year on the year anniversary, suddenly people were like, oh, this is amazing. And I'm like, oh, finally, after I got hate mail and a death right. last year. Right. So I'm the person that likes to talk about stuff before it's cool to talk about it. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know what? It goes back to the Madonna thing. The thing she was yeah. doing then was so risky. And now it's, I'm loved again. <laughs> and, now it's, and, now it's, and now it's part of the norm. So yeah, you, it's like you're a trendsetter and you don't know it. And then when it happens... Yeah. Where did it originate from? Wow. So, yeah, so, so, yeah. That, so I like to talk about things and I don't necessarily have to be right, but I'm just going to throw out the information and throw out the facts and now at least you're educated. I love it. So you've won some awards and things here. Talk about the awards and, and I know you've done some, vol- doing some volunteer work. You want to chat about that for a second? Sure. Yeah. So while we're on the TV show, I'll kind of finish that up. Um, I won a Telly Award, and I had no idea what a Telly Award is. Um, I had this episode on body shaming, okay. where <laughs> it's one of those things I still look back and go, really, you really did this? I decided that I was tired of people talking about body shaming that was only for people overweight, because people, 
every single person gets body shamed in some way. And so I literally decided to go in front of a live audience and strip down to a tiny little nude bra and a tiny little itty bitty bikini, you know, nude colored, you know, underwear and do close ups on all my scars and tell my story of what I went through. And then I interviewed a bunch of other people from the skinny side of the fence, the fat side of the fence, people who were colored, somebody who was a man who turned into a woman. Like it was a really holistic kind of a look at body shaming. And so, um, I just think that it was crazy for me to strip in front of like an entire audience and now it's like on 190 million screens. It's one of those things where when I'm dating, it's like, well, if you want to see me naked ahead of time, just watch season one, episode four. Um, but my publicist was like, Cindy, this is an award-winning episode. I'm like, really? So she had submitted me for this telly award. I'm like, what kind of bullshit award is this? But I ended up winning under social categories, and it's not a bullshit award. I ended up like looking, and CBS News had won for their Caitlyn Jenner story in the same category that my little itty-bitty show that's not so dinky, I guess, actually wow. won. So I have this gorgeous, beautiful trophy like it looks like a bloody Oscar and it weighs like 10 to 15 pounds. It's crazy. And I won alongside CBS news. It was crazy to me. I can't get over it. And I'm very proud. And I want to do even more with my television career and keep talking about stuff and do even better episodes in future. In my opinion, I think that was a lifetime achievement award, my friend. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think it was just for that. I think it was for all the things that you went through. And all the th- all the you. movements that you went through to get to that point, and I think I I personally think, and I'm not saying that because we're friends. I think that was a lifetime treatment award, so well deserved, and congratulations to you. Thank you. I look at it every day, and I'm like, I can't believe I won this. And one oh, day please. it's probably going to be an Emmy. I need to get to a bigger network, but oh yeah, one oh, day it'll coming. be picked up by a bigger network, and it might be an Emmy one day, which would be even more mind blowing, right? Well, I'm going to say I knew you win when that happens because I know that's going to happen. <laughs> I know that's going to happen. So we got a few minutes left before we close out. So I all want right. you to talk about your speaking and all your uh, your business. Could you please give out the information to the audience, please? Yeah, absolutely. So um, very to, to answer the other question, yes, I got awards from the Queen and the President um, for all my years of doing volunteer work and raising hundreds of thousands of dollars for different charities and um yeah, I've just always been the fighter of the underdog. I see something that pisses me off, and I'm not somebody that stays complacent. I get up and I do something about it. Um, but yeah, in terms of my business, so I'm super excited because throughout my years of performing, in between I would be teaching, and I would be working with speakers and presenters. And one of the things that I've noticed a lot is that traditional speaking training will only get you so far because looking at my own life and looking at so many other people, whether it was you know, triple heart surgery like me and having to live with chronic pain, every single one of us lives with chronic pain, or sorry, every single one of us has either had an accident or illness or abuse or some kind of trauma, and that stress and that trauma and that pain and or illness sits in our bodies. And remember, I've got a kinesiology degree, and so how that stress sits in our bodies directly affects our speaking voice, our body language, how we are presenting ourselves, our energy. And so one of the things that I really do and what really distinguishes me is that I am the person you go to when you're ready to be a top influencer, a top CEO, a top visionary and really be seen because speaking training will make you a good speaker, but it doesn't make you riveting because a lot of what you're holding in your body is affecting how you're presenting yourself. So I've really carved out a niche that there's really nobody else in this niche working there, which is awesome, and I'm super grateful for it. Okay. So we how have can they reach you? What? 
How can they reach you? I want to know how they can reach you. Yeah, so um, for my singing stuff, um, they can go okay. to uh, my TV show, cindyashton.com. Okay. Um, if, you, if you're a thought leader and you want to do advanced level speaking training and really be a mass influencer with how you present yourself, um, you can go to minerva.ceo forward slash captivate. We have our Captivate and Convert coming up. It's in a big event happening in New York City next month. It's going to be epic. So yeah, and Minerva.ceo is my, my other company where we, we are a booking agency for speakers and we, like I said, we do advanced level presentation skills training for anyone who's a thought leader, influencer, CEO, that kind of thing. It's fun. God, I love it. I love it. We are right up against it. I wanted to keep you a little bit longer, but I wanted to at least get that out for you. And when we post a replay, we'll put all that information up as well as you will as well. Thank you. Cindy, uh, we said the word movement several times. That's the name of the show. It's part of the name of my book. Thank you for the movements that you got through. Thank you for starting your own movement. And thank you for being a part of my movement today. It's an honor and privilege to call you a friend. I love you to death. Uh, thank I you for everything you, you've darling. done. You are an inspiration. Thank you for doing the show today. Shannon, thank you. And thank you to all the people listening. Big, giant love and hugs. Thank you, Cindy. That is it. I hated to let her go. That's one of my f- uh, most fun interviews I've done in a long time. Uh, <laughs> next week, next week, we will be with Chris Wise, who will talk about his ups and downs and also a stand in prison, how he overcame that and how he is going to help people rebound from all the pitfalls that everyone else goes through as well. Remember, there are 300 days left in this year. Are you going to just sit there or are you going to create movements like Shindy Ashton does, like my next week's guest does, and like I do on a daily basis? It's a pleasure coming to you all every week here at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Pacific here on Voice America's Influencers Channel. Again, Spotify On Demand and iTunes. You can also hear this episode and all my past episodes as well. Thank you all very much. I love you all and there's nothing you can do about it. I will talk to you all next week. Thank you for joining us for The Movement. Your host, Shannon D. Hughes, invites you to tune in again for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 